Amen. I want to go to the Lord in prayer as you, we get ready to pray. Turn to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. If you'll turn there with me. Um, I take this not very seriously, um, as we should always when we get in the pulpit, but I believe that the Lord, my prayer is always that God will give me direction for your lives. And I desire to share what I believe the Lord has told me to share with y'all. And I'm thankful for the way that the Lord has already moved. I'm thankful for two years ago, three years ago, that in this service that Claudia gave her life to the Lord. And she's now serving Jesus in, in ministry school. Um, it seems like many of you. You know, to see Seth, you just walked away from everything that the world would have to offer, and you're just seeking the face of the Lord. And so this night to me is not anything that I take lightly, you know, when we honor these graduates, because I know that there are future missionaries, apostles, and prophets, and pastors, teachers, pillars in the community. Amen. And so let's just go to the Lord and just believe God to speak to us tonight through His Word and to strengthen, but also just stretch your hands forth towards these that will be graduating and moving to the next phase of their life. Lord, we just pray as we come to the reading of your word that your anointing would be evident, Lord. I pray for your help. I pray for your wisdom. pray for the Spirit of God to move and to have free reign tonight to minister the word of God. Lord, I pray for these seniors. I pray, Lord, as they take this next step, this graduation is upon us. Lord, life, their future, the purpose, their destiny is right before them, God. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would give them wisdom. I pray, God, that you would make their path straight. And I pray, God, for your hedge of protection to be around them. In Jesus' name, amen. John 21, I'm going to read. 15 through verse 15, we'll start in verse 1 tonight. And Here's what the Word of God says. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said unto him, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship. Immediately at that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have you any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and you shall find they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it in for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from the land. But as it were two hundred cubits dragging the net with the fishes, as soon as 
As soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread. Jesus said unto them, Bring of the fish which you have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fish, and a hundred and fifty-three. And for all, and for all there were so many, yet the net was not broken. Jesus said unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples does ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread, and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. After that, he was risen from the dead. Verse 15, and I'm going to stop here. So when they dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou more than these? He said unto him, Yes, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. And he said unto him, Feed my sheep. I want to talk to you tonight, as I've said for the last couple of weeks, in great anticipation about tonight's service as we honor these graduates. It's not just for these that will graduate next week, but I believe that it is a word for the church, but I do want to focus in on you that will graduate next week. And I've titled this message, By the Grace of God, Safety on the Shore. Safety on the shore. We see here in the book of John that the Bible says that Jesus is now about to make his appearance the third time after his resurrection. And it says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples. This word showed means that he made himself visible. And I believe that so many times in all of your lives that Jesus has made himself visible and he has made himself real. I know because I have experienced the realness of Christ with many of you. Some of you I've got to share that in this altar. Some of you I've got to share that on the mission field. Some of that i got to share with you outside of this church. I've got to share that with your family. But I have seen Jesus visibly show himself to y'all. I've seen him visibly show himself to you, each one individually, and it become visible and real, and I even saw that tonight. Amen? We know according to the Word of God that whenever Peter was fishing in the beginning, that we know that Jesus came by the seashore, and Jesus spoke to them and said, Peter, what are you doing? And he called all the other disciples that were fishing. And we know that here in John 21 that Peter went back fishing. But the place that Peter went back to is the very place and position that Jesus called Peter from. Peter was a fisherman before. He was a professional fisherman. He knew how to fish. There was this make no bones about it. He knew how to fish, but they had a problem obeying God. A lot of us know things what to do. I can tell you, you may be good at a lot of things, but can you obey God? Amen? And so we see here that Peter went back fishing Although that was not the design, the purpose, or the plan for Jesus' life. What we must know about Peter, whenever Jesus called him out from being a fisherman, he gave him a name, and he said, your name would be Kephas. And that word means a stone or a rock. He said, your name will be a rock. In that moment, Jesus began to speak to Peter and said there was a plan and a purpose for his life. Now Peter began to take life back in his own hands and Peter began to follow Jesus from afar is what the Word of God says. 
Did not Jesus, let's be reminded tonight that Jesus did tell Peter, he said, whenever you hear the rooster crow, you will deny me three times. Peter said, no, no, there's no way, Jesus, that I, Peter, would deny you three times. Now, maybe many of us sit in church and we say that we would never deny Jesus. But let me tell you, Jesus will try your heart. Be very careful. I'm very cautious and very careful whenever I begin to make plans with God and tell somebody what I will do for God. Let me tell you, the only way you and I will do anything for God is by the grace of God. There's a lot of us that's told the Lord what we would do. Amen. The moment somebody tells me what they got, what they did, what they can do, I turn around and walk away because I know they're full of it right then. Amen. But I can tell you, show me a person that's broken, that's been through some things, that walks with a limp. They know that what they've got and where they've been is only by the grace of God. So Peter's pride got in the way. And so Jesus proved to him exactly what he said. He said, when the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Amen. And so now we see a broken Peter. We see a Peter that is warming by the fire and denied him three times. But that all began because Peter started following Jesus from a distance. You have to know, I wonder, and I ask all of you, have you followed Jesus at a distance? Because here's the thing, when you begin to follow Jesus from afar, then however, whatever space is in between you and him gives a lot of room for the enemy and others to get in between y'all. And so if you're not following Jesus closely in this next step of your life and you're following Jesus from afar, it's going to make a lot of room for the devil to get in the middle between you and the Lord. If the only reason that you come to church is because mom and daddy makes you come to church, then that's following Jesus from afar. And when you take the next step, will you go to church because you love God or will you put distance in between you and Jesus? It makes a lot of room. And here we find Peter. He's confused. He fell in asleep. And Jesus could not depend on him there at Gethsemane. But now we see Peter tell these other disciples, I'm going fishing. Can I tell you whenever fishing is not a bad thing, but going back to your old ways is. I said going back to your old ways is. That's just like a trick of the enemy to say it's okay to go fishing. You're a good fisherman, Peter, so just go back fishing. The enemy is going to come to y'all. It may not be the way the enemy came to me. It may be in good things. Because for Peter to go back fishing was a good thing. Surely he could feed people that didn't have food, right? And so the enemy starts trying to feed into his mind a lot of lies. And so one day Peter just says, you know what, I'm done with all this other stuff. You know what, Jesus just died on the cross. I'm confused. And so the only thing that I know to do is to go back to do what I've always done. Go fish. And so here we see Peter say, I'm going fishing. Well, in the Sea of Galilee is one of the most dangerous places that there is. At any moment, at any time, the mountain range is all around and it's like a bowl. The winds can begin to blow. Many people die there in that lake, oftentimes through the year. And so whenever Peter knows that he could put himself back in danger, let me tell you, whenever Peter went back fishing, he wasn't considering who he was about to lead back into danger. Peter wasn't considering who he was about to lead. Peter wasn't considering who was watching his life. Peter just said, all I know that I want to do what I've always done, and that's go fish. Now stay with me. And so Peter went back fishing, but all of a sudden when Peter went fishing, what did the others say that they're going to do? Here's what they said. 
Verse 3, they said unto him, we also go with you. So they went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. And so the first thing that I want to talk to you about is when you're in disobedience, you're walking on shaky ground. There is nothing at times that says that when they went back fishing that it was secure or safe. Because they were walking in disobedience and it was them that chose to walk away. And so here's what the Lord really began to impress upon my life. There are going to come times in your life when life gets shaky. When you take this next step, there's going to be times when life gets shaky. Some of you is going to move out for mom and dad and you're going to face some shaky times. Well, what are you going to do when mom and daddy's not there? Who are you going to turn to? What are you going to do? Some of you is already facing some times that are shaky. Some of you is already putting too much distance between you and the Lord because peer pressure has allowed and people's got in your mind and they said you don't have to serve God to that capacity. Those are the very people you better run out of your life and away from you because those people have no love or genuine concern or care for your life. I'll look at you and you can bring them to me and I'll tell them to their face and I'll declare it by the word of the Lord. Anybody that would get in between you and the Lord is not of God. And so there will become shaky times in our life. There are shaky times in the will of God. There are shaky times out of the will of God. But on that fishing boat, at any moment, a storm could blow up. And it could begin to shake the boat up. They were on shaky ground. Amen. But there are times in life when life gets shaky. As we are in the will of God in times that we are shaking ourselves, and that we walk in shallowness. Jesus, listen to me, that Jesus walked on the water to them when they were in obedience, but he stood on the shore when they were in disobedience. I'm going to say that again. When Jesus told them to get in the boat and go to the other side, Jesus, remember, the storm blew up, but it was Jesus that walked to them in the middle of the storm. But now that they're in disobedience, Jesus didn't go to them. But they had to get to him. You can't expect Jesus to bail you out of everything in this next step in life. You can't depend on mom and daddy to bail you out of everything. But what Jesus will do is what his father tells him to do. What Jesus did do was stand on the brink of the seashore. But because they had put distance in between them... They didn't even recognize that it was Jesus. I wonder if I could just get in all of your minds right now and say, how well do you see Jesus right now? I wonder how clear you could tell me that you see Jesus clearly. Because distance calls our eyes to become dim. I wonder how clearly you are really seeing Jesus or do you see Jesus dimly? You see, Peter, the man chosen by God, Simon Peter was chosen. His name means rock. He had great influence. He walked on water. He was chosen by Jesus to be there with him at times to pray at Gethsemane. And at other times, I could go on and on and on, but each one of you have influence, but people are watching your lives and what you do. Peter had influence. So that's the reason that they said, I'll go fishing with you, Peter. They'd like to be around Peter. Peter was crazy. Peter would cut your ear off if you talked about Jesus. 
He would get out of a boat. He was radical. People wanted to be with him. And so why wouldn't they follow him fishing? So they went fishing. He was chosen by God. You've been chosen by God. I have heard the Lord call you. I have seen God fill you and baptize you in the Holy Ghost. I've seen some of you on the mission field praying and loving. Those kids at the orphanage that Ariel talked about this morning. I've seen you pray in these altars. I've seen you labor with God to get deliverance and healing in your lives. To overcome rejection and abuse and abandonment. I've seen it time and time again. You won't be able to leave here this night without knowing that God Almighty has a call on your life. I've seen it. You can't take it from me. You're no different than Peter. You have great influence. You were kids with great influence. And you can do more than walk on water. You can serve God on land. I bet it's a whole lot easier to take a few steps walking on water to get to Jesus and Jesus pick you up than it is to live a lifetime of serving Jesus on land. I promise you. It's shaky out there. And when he went fishing, others followed. People are watching you and are more likely to do what you do. They're more likely to do what you do than more likely to do what they do. Simon was a leader. Simon was a leader to abandon the ship. The ship is the vessel to disobedience. Be careful what boat you get in. And the sea is a type of the world, fishing a type of the old life. Let me just say these few things to you. The end result of the old life is nothing. They said, we will go fishing. We will go fishing. The end result to the old life is nothing. Here's what he said. Jesus spoke to them, and they said, we went forth and entered into the ship immediately, and that night they caught what? Nothing. The fulfillment of an old life, of the old life and the life of the flesh is nothing. To follow your flesh, you're going to get nothing, y'all. You hear me? Listen to me tonight. I lived 25 years to fulfill my flesh, and guess what it ended me up with? Nothing. If I could stand before all of you tonight and tell you, follow the Lord, don't tell me it's not cool to. I don't care about that. It's not cool to be a dope head at 25 years old. It's not cool to have meth coming out of your skin. It's not cool to have three abortions before you're 25 years old like I did. It's not cool to be labeled what I was, a crackhead. It's not cool to allow people to abuse you and abandon you. It's not cool to get other people to go fishing with you. The Bible says bad company corrupts good character. It's not cool to do those things. I promise you, I didn't think it was very cool when I woke up with a striped suit and orange flip-flops on. I didn't think that was too cool then. I thought I was cool up to then. 
But right after that, I said, I don't think this is too cool. I don't think this is what I was born for. I don't think I can make it back there. When I had to look at my mom and daddy through the glass and I had to talk to them through a telephone, I didn't think that was too cool to look at my little brother that I broke his heart in two. I'd stolen his radio just to get another hit of drugs. And you may all look at me and say, well, I'll never end up that way. I didn't think I would either. I drank a lot of beer, but I didn't do my first drug until I was 18 years old. I thought I had life figured out when I was your age. I was going to go on a rodeo scholarship. I was going to go be a nurse. I had my life figured out. Oh, but God had different plans. God had different plans. The end result, the fulfillment of the old life is nothing. It will always be nothing. There is nothing in the old man or the old life that will bring satisfaction. Can you go play baseball and be fulfilled? You can as long as Jesus is at the center of it. Can you work and and do whatever God's called you to do and work at the love truck stop the rest? You can and be fulfilled and be okay being right there, Cody. You can. I don't know what y'all are going to do. Man, it looks like you've got all kind of things, accolades to you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. All that stuff on the outside, though, let Jesus get on the inside. You see, none of that stuff, outward apparel, appearance, makes anything. I'm proud of you. I'm thank God. I don't take away from that. I don't take away the the fact these boys are good athletes. I don't take that away, and y'all are smart. Got your whole life. I don't take that away. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. But what I thank God for is when all that gets on the inside. Amen. When all that gets on the inside. The fulfillment of the old life to go back fishing is nothing. It will leave you empty. It will leave you broken. It will leave you busted, disgusted, and can't be trusted by nobody. Amen. Broke, busted, disgusted, and can't be trusted by nobody. Amen? Here's the beautiful thing. Here's the beautiful thing. My second point is on the seashore, the Savior's there. I said on the seashore, the Savior is there. The fulfillment of the old life was emptiness, brokenness. It said they fished all night, but what did they catch? Nothing. Verse 4, but when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. I'm so thankful that Jesus don't give up on us. I'm so thankful that Jesus still shows up to the seashore, and he's still there revealing himself. Aren't you, Brother Michael? I thank God that even in times when I go back fishing, that Jesus still comes up and messes up my day. I can't even fish right, Brother David. You can't even fish right. Amen. Jesus will show up there and mess everything up. And I, about two weeks ago, I was praying, young people, listen to what I heard God say. He said, Jared, you better take notice right now. Some of them is going to go back fishing. But what I want you to drill in their mind is if they do, make sure they know that I I'm on the shore waiting. He told me to make sure that you know that he's on the shore waiting on you. He said, you drill that in their mind. Timothy, if you go back fishing, Jesus is on the shore waiting on you. Dalen, if you go back fishing, Jesus is on the shore waiting on you. Colby, 
If you decide to go back fishing, Jesus is on the shore waiting on you. Cody, if you go back fishing, Jesus is on the shore waiting on you. Madison, if you go back fishing, Jesus is on the shore waiting on you. Dakota, if you go back fishing, Jesus is on the shore waiting on you. Autumn, if you go back fishing, Jesus is on the shore waiting on you. I can tell you that Jesus told me to tell them that in their next step in life, if they get caught up in the old ways and in the old life with some old people doing the old thing, the thing that will leave them empty and broken, that the only answer that you must know is don't let shame get you down. Don't let guilt get you down. Don't continually give in to it. And don't let that get you down. Don't let peer pressure get you down. Know that Jesus is on the shore. And he said, come. He's a wonderful Savior. He's a beautiful Savior. Let me tell you how much you loved him. The Bible goes on to say this is the third time that he showed up. The third time that he showed up. He's persistent. He's a persistent Savior. Listen to this. I love what he says. Verse 5, then Jesus said unto them, children. Can I tell you, you can still hear him call you children. My goodness. Children. Now Peter went back to his old ways. But Jesus is still there saying, children. (laughs) Children, have you caught anything? Here's what you got to know. When you go back fishing, God's not mad at you. Jesus was not mad at them disciples. Come on. He was not mad with them. He wasn't angry with them. He showed up to the seashore and he said, children, have you caught anything? He knew that they hadn't. They just said we fished all night. We didn't catch a thing. Let me tell you, Jesus knows that that old life is nothing to him. And Jesus knows that so much, Brother Michael, that that old life is nothing, that that's the reason he still came back to the seashore, brother. Because the heart of this Savior is that we not be empty. That we not continually be longing. And the heart of Jesus is that our routine would be broken. Listen, he did not rebuke them, but he began to restore them even in this moment. Listen to this. Don't shoot me down. Verse 6, and he said unto them, cast the net on the right side. Cast the net on the right side. Let me tell you, in God's kingdom, there's not right or left. There's right or wrong. You won't be able to go back wherever you're fixing to go. If you go to college, if you go to career, you're not going to say, well, what's better, right or left? No, it's either right or wrong. You listen to this preacher tonight. The decisions that you make and the things you put your hand to, you're going to ask, you need to ask God and ask yourself in that moment, is this a right decision or is this a wrong decision? Because it's not a right decision or a left decision, but it's either right or it's wrong. you got to know what it is. Amen? And so Jesus begins to restore. He didn't rebuke them. He said, cast the net on the right side, and you shall find. They cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Hallelujah. Jesus is restoring instead of rebuking. Are there times that Jesus rebukes us? Yes. Yes, he will. But whenever he is calling you to repentance, the kindness of the Lord draws us to repentance. 
And so here's Jesus on the seashore. And he said, I'm going to restore you. He wasn't mad at him. He said, I'm fixing to show them. I know what I'm talking about. Cast on that side. You know the difference in right and wrong? Could be on the other side of the boat. And just obedience and just saying, all right, I'll do what he said. I'll do what he said. What a Savior that he is. Amen. What a Savior. The third thing that I want to tell you is, guys, listen to me. Girls, listen to me. You better take what I'm saying tonight. And if you've been in church for 18 years, five years, one year, one month, you better take what I'm saying tonight serious. Take Jesus serious. Take his love serious. Take his grace serious. Take that he wants your net to be so full with fish that you can't even bring it in by yourself. Take that serious. He is for you. And so here's Peter. Peter's out there fishing. They throw the net over there. And I just know, don't you know, whenever they begin to catch them fish, he had to come to some realization. That's the Lord. If it was the devil, they'd have probably kept being empty. (laughs) But the Lord blessed them. The Lord blessed them. And verse 7 said, Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that, he couldn't see him clearly, but now he heard that it was the Lord. He girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. Peter, the one that had led the others astray, is the same one that led them back. The same one that led them out in the water is the same one that jumped in the water. And let me tell you, listen to me, you are all people of influence. And when you lead people the wrong way, you're going to have to lead them back the right way. They're watching your life. Peter had to be the one that would gird himself up and get to Jesus. It had to be Peter because it was Peter that led him away. Are you hearing me tonight? Listen, the garments, it said that Peter was naked. Now that don't mean all the way naked, but he had his shirt off. Don't some of y'all like to go fishing with your shirt off? His probably had a, couldn't you see that old dark man? His probably probably had a tan. He was out there casting them nets. He was fishing. Didn't have a shirt on. I'm not going to do that tonight. All right, I'd run all y'all out of here. But but you know, old Peter, man, he had his he had his garment laying there in the boat. You know what I'm talking about? Sun shining. That man, he was probably scratched up, probably wet and dirty. But you know what? There was something about this garment. There was something about this garment that he had. And he had his fishing attire on, but he said, if I'm going back to Jesus, that that I've taken off, I better put it on. This garment can represent his role as a disciple and authority. And by putting that around him before he got to Jesus, He said, not only am I going to take Jesus seriously, but I'm going to take the authority that Jesus gave me seriously. So if you get somewhere, guys, and you take off your authority and your role as a Christian or as a disciple or as who God has called you to do, and you've just laid it somewhere and you said, well, I'm going to leave that right there because of this party I'm about to go to, you know, you can't really stand out like a Christian. Let me just tell you, just make sure that you keep that somewhere. 
Because it's easy to blend in with the crowd over here and the rest of the fishermen that's got their shirts off. But just know this, whenever Jesus shows up to your shore, you better keep that garment close by because somebody is about to get ready to girt themselves up with a garment of praise. And you're not going to be able to stay contained out there in the seashore because your life is empty, your life is broken, and you got to get back to the very place you left. Hallelujah. So he girded himself up, and he said, i got to get to Jesus. He cast himself into the sea. Now stay with me. These are some notes. I, I don't do this often, but I'm having a hard time, y'all can tell. You must take this walk with Jesus so, so serious. I was studying this afternoon, and I put, whoa. <laughs> Listen to this. The first time Peter told Jesus, bid me to come, and I'll come. And he did this. And he did it. But this time Peter knew. Uh, this time Peter didn't have to hear the voice of Jesus. Because he heard it was him. This time Peter didn't have to look and say Jesus bid me to come. Because it was Peter that was in disobedience. And now Peter knew that i got to do whatever it takes to get back to him. There may be times that Jesus calls you to step out of the boat in obedience and you say, Jesus bid me to come. He's going to help you get to him. And if you begin to drown, he's going to lift you up. But if you walk away and go back fishing, then you better know that if you hear Jesus is there, then you better know that Jesus may not tell you to come again because he's already called you one time or two times. And this time he may just be sitting on the seashore and wondering what you're going to do about it. But when somebody tells you that it's him, then you better pick up that garment, you better put it on, and you better jump in whatever you got to jump in, but you better repent and get back to Jesus. The first time Jesus told Peter to come, this time Peter heard that it was Jesus, and he just went. Hallelujah. I believe Peter was saying, life is but a vapor. This could be my last time to get to him. This could be my last chance to get to Jesus. This could be it. You listen to me. Life is but a vapor here today and gone tomorrow. I believe that I read on Facebook you were at Rocket Lanes last night, Colby. How many minutes did you miss the riding going on there? How many? You're fixing to buy your skates, right? You just paid for them. Somebody had a gut instinct said, get them out of there. You know the first thing I thought about when I heard that? My boy's been down there the last three weeks. We had friends at the drag truck at the drag race last night. Friends at the drag strip last night. Thirty shots fired, people dead. A cop shot. Oh, we're just going bowling. Nothing wrong with that. It's good. Nothing wrong with that. But do you think that the devil cares where you are when somebody shoots you, blows your brains out? Do you think anybody would be stopped coming up in Love's truck stop? A trucker that's had a bad day, got a gun. Right to a gun. Listen to me. Life is but a vapor. But we want to keep playing games with God and not take Jesus standing on the shore serious. This is serious, serious. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? 
serious. Life is but a vapor. Seems like me and Carrie were just getting married and Dalen was five years old. First time I went to their house, him and BB ran out there in their underwear with guns and they started shooting him. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> yeah, he's going to be mad at me. <laughs> they did. Now you graduated. Man, where'd time go? Where'd it go? Look back on your life and say, man, you've done nothing. Well, God, I thought we had all this time to invest in their life. But life is but a vapor. Where could I have done better? Man, look at all the times I went wrong. Look at the times I've hurt them and made them mad and been a terrible example as a Christian. You start thinking all these things and reality comes. Life is but a vapor. Life is but a vapor. It's just a vapor. You can go ahead, brother. Peter said, I better take this life with Jesus seriously. This could be my last time that I could get to him and make sure that I repent and make my wrongs right. Peter had to get to him. Jesus came to the shore. It was an option for Peter. Will you stay fishing or will you get to Jesus before it's too late? There's a lot of things I know that you young people like to do. But I ask you, will you keep fishing or will you get to Jesus? You choose. You choose. Life is but a vapor. The next thing that I want to tell you is verse 9 says, As soon as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid their own and bread. That's the fire of the Holy Ghost. That's the bread of life. Can I tell you that there is safety on the shore? There is safety on the shore. Can I tell you that when you go back fishing, it's dark, it's lonely, it's weary, and it's tiresome. And it's going to leave you empty every time. I'm going to just pull away from here for just a minute because I'm not just talking to these. There's people under the sound of my voice. Your life is empty and you're sick and tired of fishing. You're tired. Well, let me tell you, there's safety on the shore. It's dark when you're out there, but there's a reason that Jesus had a fire built. They were probably wet. Jesus gave them light. He gave them security, and he gave them provision. They caught nothing. Let me tell you this, young people. What you're looking for in the world, Jesus already has cooking What you're out there in the sea fishing for, Jesus already has on the shore. You just have to get back to the shore and quit trying to attain it on your own. When I was a drug addict, there were things that I was wanting to attain. I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be accepted. I'm out there in the world trying to get that. But it left me empty every time. But when I came to Jesus, he fulfilled it all. And he continually does that. Verse 12, he says, Jesus said unto them, come and dine. And none of the disciples does ask him, who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord. So now here they come to the seashore. Listen to me. Remember whenever they were out there fishing, what did they come up with? 
Now that Jesus calls them to the shore and they come, Jesus is feeding them. Had you rather live an empty life or a fulfilled life? The only way you're going to be fulfilled is on the shore. It's on the shore because Jesus is already cooked and ready to serve you. What you've been looking for. Jesus has that. You can be sure on the shore. You can be sure on the shore that what you have been looking for, Jesus already has. You can be sure of that. Amen. Jesus showed himself to his disciples again after he was risen from the dead. See if Brother Marcus is there. Jesus became visible at his appearance to them. And he desires to do the same thing to you tonight. Verse 15, I'm going to close with this. And I've asked the Dolom House to sing that song, Graves and Graves into Gardens, again. I just felt like many songs that they sang tonight was prophetic over these young people. It was just powerful. Thank you all so much. It was just wonderful. Verse 15 says this. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than this? In essence, here's what he's saying. Do you love the world more than you love me? Do you, do you love what's in your heart more than you love him? ready I ask you this question tonight what do you love more than Jesus because whatever it is that you love more than Jesus it's going to leave you empty it's going to leave you broken it's going to leave you bruised if it's a man if it's a woman if it's a career if it's education all those things are good but if you love any of that more than you love Jesus I promise you it's not going to end good. You mark my words tonight. Church, mark my words. That's not just them. That's any of us. Any of us. So the provision of all that we need is in Jesus. So I ask you tonight, what do you love more than him? What do you love more than him? What's more important in your life right now than Jesus? Because if Peter is never going to go back fishing, if Peter is never going to go back to his old life, then routine in his life has to change. Some of your routines have to change. You know what? Going back fishing could not be an option for Peter again. Getting into a boat to go into the Sea of Galilee could not be an option anymore. Peter had to burn some ships in his life. Peter had to burn some reeling rods in his life. Peter had to burn up some nets in his life. What do you need to burn up in your life tonight? Because let me tell you, routine has to stop. What Jesus is about to ask Peter, he said, do you love me more than these? And he asked him three times. And if you do, Peter, then feed my sheep. Peter got frustrated. Some of you get frustrated with your parents. Get frustrated with me saying, do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? If you do, feed my sheep. Can I tell you, sheep live in the opposite direction that fish do. (laughs) 
I said, sheep live in the opposite direction that fish do. This is the fish. This side's the fish. This side's the sheep. Do you want to feed a sheep? He said, do you love me more than these? What is he saying? I'm asking you whatever is in the way. But I believe in essence, Jesus was saying to Peter, do you love me more than these? 153 fish they just caught. Hey, do you love me more than these? So just put fish, put whatever you want to as their fish. Put whatever you want to as rebellion. Put whatever it is you want to. Do you love me more than these? And if you do, then feed my sheep. But Peter, I'm getting ready to tell you something. That the place that I'm calling you is in total opposite direction than the place that you like. It's different. They're opposite. Can I tell you the call of God may be exactly opposite of what you want to do. Who would have thought I'd be a pastor? I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't want to be a Christian. Much less a pastor. You hear me? I didn't see me doing this when I was there. You don't want to know what I did when I graduated. I never saw this. And maybe you don't either. But I'm telling you, don't put it behind you. Say yes to feed a sheep. Everything that you need, some of you say, I can't do that. I can tell you the only way that you can is in Jesus. The only way that you can is in Jesus. So will you feed a sheep? I leave you all with this question tonight. Will you feed a sheep? Will you feed a sheep? Because his sheep is in opposite direction from anything that you want in life. Verse 15, so when they had dined, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou more than these? He said unto him, yes, Lord. Thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto him, feed my lambs. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Yes, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto him, Feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. I say to you, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest walk. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thine hands. And another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. He said, come follow me. Let me tell you everything that you need. Some of you are sitting here right now saying, how can I feed the sheep? You can't alone. But with Jesus, he's going to give you everything that you need to feed his sheep. Everything that you need can only come through Christ. You can't do it. If you pick what you want to do, then you'll do what you want to do. But when Jesus comes by, Jesus is going to fill your bucket. And Jesus is going to say, here's how you feed my sheep. The provision is in Jesus. The provision is in Christ. If you want to feed sheep, 
then you come to Christ. Let him fill you up, and he's going to send you out. Let him fill your buckets full. Let him fill your lives full. As Jesus comes before you tonight, look at Jesus in the eye. Look at him. Act like that's Jesus. And say, what do you love more? He's saying, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Will you feed your sheep? I saw this vision of these buckets going to college with you, Dalen, and that Bible being right by your bed. And every day if you're out of the will of God, that bucket's going to sit right there. And every day you got to get up. you got to walk past the Word of God. And you're going to remember your daddy saying, my daddy said, feed his sheep. And you're not going to be able to do what you've always wanted to do. You're going to have to walk by the bucket. And you're going to have to know that Jesus stood before you. And he said, feed my sheep. Cody and Colby and Timmy, listen to me. Madison, Dakota, and Autumn, you're going to remember this day. Feed a sheep. Feed a sheep. Jesus has filled your buckets full. I pray in the name of Jesus that you feed a sheep. God said, God said, tell you, take these buckets, put them in your vehicle from now. You may not know what to do. Put this feed bucket in there. I saw it sitting in back seats. I saw it sitting on dashboards. I saw it sitting on beds. I saw it through inside of bedrooms. You say, I don't want that. Oh, put some clothes under it, but one day you're going to need the shirt. One day you're going to want to wear that shirt. You're trying to bury the call of God, but one day you're going to need that shirt. Ah, this shirt I've been looking. Oh, man. That preacher said, feed his sheep. What I've been doing ain't in that direction. I smell like fish, not sheep. I smell like fish, not sheep. God said, get these feed buckets. Put the Word of God in there. You want to know how to feed sheep? Feed yourself first in the Word. Stand before them and ask them. Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? You ask yourself, just as this is Jesus standing before you because Christ in him is the hope of glory. Just be honest. Just ask the Lord.